Amen. Matthew chapter 13, and I want to uh, read a number of scriptures here in Matthew 13. We're going to read from verses 1 through 8, and uh, then we're going to go down from verses 18 to 23. But the title uh, of this message today is The Seed and the Soil. It's really not so much about the sower uh, as it is about the seed and the soil. Uh, one of the things that I think is important for all of us to remember is that we have a part to play in the Word of God coming to our hearts. I, I realize today you might say, well, isn't this more for unbelievers? I, I don't think so. In fact, I would say that if there is a particular message that is uh, needed for the church, it is probably this one. Because for many who are quote-unquote religious, for many who are believers and Christians, uh, the tendency can be that we will begin to, over time, shut out what it is that we're hearing. We tune it out, and, and almost immediately, here's what we do. We say, oh, I already know about that. And so therefore, when we say, I already know about that, we assume that we have heard everything that there is to know on the subject, and we kind of pass it off. I know there are times where I will read certain things that maybe an article or something uh, of interest or whatever, and the way the writer begins, they might even begin in such a way that in my mind, I've already heard it before, so instead of reading it, I skim it. I sort of just say, well, I kind of know about this. I, I tune it out by the way that I approach it. And today, if I could encourage this congregation and this body of believers, please don't tune out the Word of God. You may have heard it before. You may have heard certain truths and certain things before. But I encourage you today, don't tune out the Word of God. What does the writer of Hebrews tell us? The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 2, verse 1, that we need to pay closer attention to the things that we have heard. In other words, and, and Peter even says in one of his epistles, he says, I want to stir up your minds by way of remembrance. In other words, we've, we've talked about this before, but you need to be reminded of it from time to time. But Hebrews, or I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter thir uh, 13, <clears throat> verse Verses 1 through 8, the Bible says, and I'm reading from the NIV, the Bible says that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell 
Other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Now, jump down to verse 18. The Bible says this. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Jesus wants to be absolutely clear that we understand what this parable means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred. 60 or 30 times what is sown. The seed and the soil. There is the sower in the story, and we're not going to take the time to talk about the sower because the sower is the one who sows the Word of God. It sows, and the seed is, as Jesus has explained it, the seed is the Word. It is the infallible Word of God. It is the Word of God that will change a life that will help somebody through a dark moment. It is the Word of God. That is the seed that can come to your heart. The question that I really have for you today, there are, in all of this, there are four instances by which the seed falls upon certain types of ground. There are four types of reception to the Word of God. And Uh, The question that I have for you today is simple. Which one are you? Which one are you going to be? The four different types of ground represent four distinct ways in which the word of life is treated by those who hear it. Now, I want you to understand today that it is very important how it is that we approach the Word of God, whether it is the Word of God read, which I hope you will do a whole lot more uh, of and that you will get the Word of God into you. Don't depend on Sunday or Tuesday night to get the Word of God into you. Don't depend on preaching because there are going to be times where maybe the preaching will miss the mark of what it is that you might be going through on a particular occasion. I've been around long enough to know that not every sermon I preach will, in fact, help every individual on that given day. I know that that will take place, but I believe this particular message today applies to all right now. And the question is, 
What kind of soil are you going to be? Because it makes a difference about what it is. And see, the end result is what we see on that last bit of soil where the Bible says and Jesus says that it's good soil. The whole point is to produce a crop. You see, seed is sown so that it will accomplish something. It will do something. Something will grow out of that seed. Listen, brothers and sisters, no farmer putting seed into the ground sits there and says, well, I hope nothing grows so I don't have anything to do. No farmer says that. No, they don't. They want something to grow. That is more than likely their livelihood. They want something to be produced, and they don't want just a little bit to be produced. They want a lot to be produced. But the question is, what kind of soil are you? The first one that we encounter early on is seed that is sown in the path, it says. King James calls it the wayside, which sort of gives it almost a a hint of it falling wherever it may, but the path also indicates something else. You see, seed that is sown on the wayside or on the path represents the indifferent hearer. It's not the hearer who rejects what is heard. It is the hearer who says, I don't need what I'm hearing. I don't need what I've read in the Bible today. I don't need what I encounter in the Word of God. The indifferent hearer says, eh, I can live with it. I can live without it. There is this sort of a a lazy kind of attitude. And what that also indicates is that the path is a hard place. That is representative of a hard heart. It is the indifferent hearer may be a regular hearer, but the heart is a public footpath of selfish desires. I want what I want. And no amount of the word is going to change what I want in my heart. Now, brothers and sisters, God wants to soften our hearts. He wants us to have hearts that are willing to receive. But sometimes our own desires and our own ways and our own attitudes get in the way of God being able to produce something powerful and wonderful in our lives through the Word. Why? Because we're indifferent through hardness. It could be that you've been through a tough time in your life. It could be that your life, things have just not worked out the way it should. And so you're afraid to open yourself up to people, but you translate it even into your relationship with God. You come into the presence of the Lord, and it's almost like you come into church and you say, I dare somebody to move me. You know, I dare, I dare the pastor to preach a message that will cause my heart to... It, listen. Don't don't dare God to do anything. Don't dare anybody to do anything because trust me, it's not going to happen. Now, I know the Holy Spirit can can go beyond and he he can do what he desires. But you know what the other thing is? The Holy Spirit will not violate your will. If you want to stay hard in your heart, if you want to stay in, in that place of not receiving, brothers and sisters, I want you to know that you will. You'll sit right there in the middle of it all. You see... The path is a hard place. You think about a path, and I, I, there were a lot of paths where I grew up in the country, not 
hardened by concrete, but just people walking. They found a natural path through the woods or a natural path through that place, and it seemed to be a way that people would go. Now, all of a sudden, you begin to notice that over time, no vegetation would grow on that path. It became a dirt path because the more people walked on it, the less anything could grow. And the more we allow our own desires to walk on our hearts and in our lives and have our own way and do our own thing, that path becomes a path of hardness. Nothing can grow. Nothing can get in. The seed falls on it. But nothing can happen to that particular seed. It is a dangerous place. That path is also a place of danger. Why? Well, it's exposed to the birds of the air. Jesus said that on that path, birds came and ate it up. That those birds would come and they would just pick at the, the seed because there was no, the seed couldn't get down in there. It was too hard. And so the birds naturally just came along and just snatched it up. No matter how precious the seed is, it can only fall on the path. It can't fall into it. And into it is where it really makes a difference. When you open up your heart and say, God, I'm willing to receive from you whatever it is that you have for me, whether it's through the time of devotion in the Word, or maybe you hear somebody preach, or you hear something, some good nugget of truth on the radio, whatever it might be, you have to say, Lord, I've got to open my heart so that the seed can go into it, not onto it. Otherwise, the birds of the air... They have quick eyes. They will swoop down and they will take that seed. The wicked one detects the precious word lying on a thoughtless heart. A heart that says, eh, not from me. I've heard it all before, Pastor. You know what? In fact, I've been here since day one of this church. Trust me, I've heard this passage preached before. I remember Pastor Impaglia at one point. I can't remember if it was in this building or when we were in Irving Park Road. I believe he dealt with this passage of Scripture. Oh, I've heard that one before, Pastor. I don't need to, yeah, please, I listen to Moody. You know, I, I hear it all the time. I mean, come on, you know. The problem is, is we're not allowing the Word to get in. You can hear it all you want, but unless you approach it with the attitude of God today, change me by your word. Let your word come deep down on the inside of me and change my heart. I want you to know the, the birds of the air are going to come down and snatch it away. And the word of God is so precious. Don't let it get away. But it is a dangerous place. The enemy comes. He tries to steal those things. It is. The path is a hopeless place. Here that living seed finds no shelter whatsoever. It's not hiding under anything. There's no covering for it, not at all, not in the least. Although it, it remains for a while, it has no entrance. There is no place that it can get in. Indifferent hearers profit nothing from the Word of God. Somebody who is indifferent to the Word of God is not that individual who is mixing what they hear with faith. Remember how the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 that the word that they heard did not benefit them or could not help them because they did not mix it with faith. 
the indifferent hearer approaches the Word of God with no faith whatsoever because they're just indifferent. Can I, can I tell you today that God desires to shake the indifference from us, to shake that attitude that says, you know, I've heard it all before. I've heard it preached. I've, heard it re- I've read it before. And you know what? For me today, Pastor, that one's not for me. Can I tell you today I've got a word from God for you. Today this message is for you. If it is that, you, that is your very attitude in the moment. If you say you don't need it, you need it the most. So we have the indifferent hearer or the path, the soil that's along the path. It's hard. It's hopeless. It is a dangerous place. But there is another place, and it is this. It is stony ground, that rocky, craggy kind of place where seeds can get down into a certain place, and maybe a little bit of soil has collected there, but not enough to have any kind of a difference. This is, as Jesus indicates, the emotional hearer. Oh, come on, Pastor. I love it when you get loud because it gets me all worked up. <laughs> well, from time to time, I get worked up, which is why I get loud. And I, you know, I, I preach. It's just like I said last week. It's just sort of the way I, I know to do things. I wish I could do it differently sometimes, but that's just sort of how it is. Oh, I like that when it happens that way. Listen, don't get hung up on styles because people can pull at the heartstrings and they can tug at the heart in, in how it is that they even deliver a message. And God help me if I resort to that kind of a, a method to get to your heart or to get to your life or, or to just somehow make it seem on the surface like I've made a difference. Listen, the difference is not made in the moment of reception. The difference is shown over time whether or not you were an emotional hearer or whether or not you were a hearer that had good soil and was ready to receive. You see, here in this particular way, the Bible indicates... In verse 20, Jesus said, The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Well, what better response could we possibly have to receiving the word of God than to receive it with joy? I would love it when everybody just received the word of God with joy. That would be great. But the problem is, is it's only superficial. There is, it doesn't go down deep enough. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, ever get in one of those churches where everybody's saying amen to everything that is said all the time? I, I, I you know, I've been there. I, I know. I, I sort of grew up in a church. Some people say, you know, they say, praise the Lord right in the, you know, worst possible moment. You know, the pastor said something, you know, it, it's almost like he hadn't finished his thought yet. Amen. You know. It's, it's kind of like that emotion getting involved. We joyfully receive it, but we don't know what we're receiving. We're not grabbing onto We're not hearing what is said. We're not receiving it for our hearts. There's just an emotional thing that is going on. There is a thin layer of feeling, which is easily, it easily grabs on to, to what it is that we hear, but there's nothing, there's something hard underneath that's not going to allow it to live. Maybe we get into church and we've practiced church enough that when we get into church, we know all the right things to say. We know how to do it. But deep down on the inside, there is this rockiness, this hardness on the inside where it can take no root. 
they can't get in. Tears are quickly shed, and they are as quickly dried up. We might feel changed for the moment, but we walk away and we walk out the door, and all of a sudden we go through life, and we're not that same individual as what had shed those tears before. I'm not knocking the tears, trust me. I'm not saying that emotion is not a good thing. I am saying, and and in fact, God has created us with emotion, I believe, to be touched by Him. I, I think the theology that throws all emotion out the door in church and in services is, is a bad theology. It is a theology that does not account for how God made you. But that having been said, there are times where our response is more emotional than it is deep. It's kind of like what one theologian said. He said, the church is about two miles wide and about two inches deep. And that is a dangerous place to be. That is that kind of emotion that kind of gets us through. But here's what happens is we receive it with joy. It sounds good, but it's quickly starved. Why? Because the Bible indicates that there is no root. It soon springs up, but its life is all on the outside. It's all about how you feel. It's all about the emotion. Rather than getting your roots down deep, brothers and sisters, it takes commitment to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. It's not just going to be about emotion. It's not going to be about, well, you know, I felt really good in that service. Well, I'm glad you did. But that's not the end result, folks. That's not what we want. We want you to walk away being changed by the Word, to be fruitful because of the Word. Oh, but, you know, I, I really felt good. Listen, you're going to be quickly starved because what's going to happen tomorrow when the feeling is gone? What's going to happen tomorrow when there's no piano and there's no guitar and there are no drums and there's nobody singing and there's no one sitting next to you clapping their hands and praising God a little bit loudly so that you can kind of feel ushered into the prayer? What, What happens when all of that silences? Have you had a heart that is ready to receive? Or is it going to be a heart that will be quickly starved? This is what took place. There was no root. There was no depth. The earth was not there. It was unyielding rock of our stubborn will. I want what I want, God. I'll have what I have. Oh, but I love to hear the word preached. Woo! Gives me goosebumps. You can have all of those things. But unless the word of God changes you, in the depths, deep down on the inside? Are we becoming more and more like Jesus and less and less like us? Like John the Baptist said that that he has to decrease while Jesus would increase. Brothers and sisters, I believe with all my heart that we can receive the Word of God with joy, but there has to be that reception that continually soaks it in. That there has to be that, as the prophet Hosea said to the people of Israel, he said, break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is not bad ground. It's not infertile ground. It's just ground that nothing has been done with. Anything. You haven't done anything with it. He says, break it up. It's time to seek the Lord. You know, the greatest way of being able to be receptive to the Word of God is to seek God with all your heart. 
not just on a Tuesday night, not just on a Sunday morning, but on a daily basis to be ready and willing to seek God, to go after Him with all your heart. That is the best way. Fallow ground is full of potential. Fallow ground is just nobody has done anything with it yet. He says, break it up. Get ready to receive the seed. Get ready to receive the word. Get ready. Make your heart ready to receive it. I wonder how many of us, we stumble into church on Sunday morning and we're not ready to receive the word. We've got something going on in the back of our minds and we can't get it out of our heads. We're not going to receive anything from God when we've got this train running through it. It's like somebody once said, you know, when I pray, it's like a, like, a, like a train is just going through my mind of all things that I'm thinking about. And then, the, you know, the other person said, well, what do you do? He says, well, I wait for the caboose, and then I really get down to business with God. You know, the caboose is the end of the train. I, I wait for that, and then I just really get down a bit. Brothers and sisters, the, this, this problem of it being emotional is it can be quickly, completely starved, and then it will be completely scorched. It was, verse 6 says this, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They were withered because they had no root. There was no inward nourishment. It's soon overcome by outward circumstances. The sun, powerful, scorched it. There was not a root to be able to help it to stand and be nourished in the midst of whatever it was going through. There was nothing there that could cause it to be strong and to be powerful in the midst of outward circumstances that were contrary to the idea of growth. Brothers and sisters, how many of us succumb to the outward circumstances because we think in the back of our minds, I received the Word of God with joy. I was so happy about the Word that I received, but life has handed me some really difficult circumstances. And as a result of those difficult circumstances, I'm just not sure I can trust anymore. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, please, just because in that moment you had a moment of joy of receiving the Word of God does not necessarily mean that God is going to cause your life, well, your life just going to be wonderful and good. No, persecution is going to come. Trouble is going to come. Outward circumstances are going to weigh upon you. Open up your heart more and receive from God and say, God, my heart is fertile soil for you. There is one more place that had a negative effect, and it was that thorny ground. The thorny ground is the double-minded hearer. Here we have soil that is abundant, a lot of soil. And where there's plenty of depth for thorns, there is depth enough for seed. But the problem is there are other things that are getting in the way. I can remember at one point as a kid uh, up in Maine getting into, I don't, I don't remember where they would grow, but they had these, these uh, the briars and the burdocks and the, you know, all these, these thorny things. And the, it would, I don't know, I guess that's what we call, we called them burdocks. They were like little, uh, little round balls that had the end, all, all around them was like spikes sticking up, just all over the place. And the last thing you wanted to do was get some of those things in your hair. Of course, back when I had some. Uh, no, no problem now. 
but, but back then, you know, I, I did have some. And I remember on one occasion, them getting stuck in my hair. And it just, I mean, it's so hard to get those things out. Plus, the, the, when you grab them, they kind of, you know, kind of prick your fingers a little bit. And they hurt. But you're trying to dig them out. Or they get stuck all over your pants as you're walking through the field or walking somewhere. These things are there. And they're growing where other things could possibly grow. But the problem is, is that those things, they grow in such abundance. The thorns and the thistles and all of those things that are of really no value to us. And they have no, they can't help in any way. Those things grow up in the same kind of spot where there could be seed. But the problem is they're so overpowering, they just kind of choke it out. You see, the soil is preoccupied. There's thorny ground. It is natural for that to happen. This soil is ready. It's able, but there's too many other things. You see, Jesus said it was the deceitfulness of riches. It was these things that get in and they choke out the Word of God. Jesus says you cannot serve God and money at the same time. It is all of these other things that we begin to focus on and put our attention on. And yet in the same passage that that I just read that scripture, you cannot serve God and money, that same passage a little bit later on, he says don't worry about your life. Because I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to help you. Brothers and sisters, the pursuit of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the pleasures of sin, all of these things, they get in and they choke out the Word of God in a place that has great potential to be able to receive the Word of God and grow. The question is, what overpowers your mind? What overpowers your thought life? What overpowers your day-to-day activities? Is it things that have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with the Word of God? You see, what happens here is the soil has great potential, but the soil is unfruitful. Because all of these things, they get in and they choke out the Word of God, the cares of this world. We worry about this. We worry about that. We, we get concerned about all kinds of things. And we get, we get so concerned about what's going to happen. Can I encourage you, brothers and sisters, can we begin to focus more and more on God, more and more on His, the fact that He made us in His very image. He's going to take care of us. He's going to watch over us. He's going to be with you in the midst of your persecution, in the midst of your trials. He loves you and He cares about you and He wants to help you. So don't allow those things to get in and choke out the Word of God in what otherwise could be good soil. You see, what would have to happen is essentially what has to happen in places like that, you've got to come in and you've got to clear the land. It's like a farmer going out and looking at a field that has never been plowed, never, nothing has ever grown there other than thorns and thistles and all kinds of things. That farmer will go in and he will begin to root out everything that does not look like what his, his crop ought to be. 
He will get rid of all of those things. He will go in and take out all of that junk, all of those things that can get in and choke out. He doesn't go out there and start planting whatever it is that he wants to plant. He gets in and he clears it away. Clear away some of the junk that can crowd in on the Word of God because the Word is powerful. It'll change your life. It'll help you in the hour of your difficulty and your struggle. The Word of God, brothers and sisters, is everything that we need in our lives as believers. We don't need the other junk, the other things that can crowd and choke out the Word. So we get to the fourth and final place of reception, and it is the good ground, the good soil. This is the honest hearer. It is the one that has a prepared heart, ground that has been the object of of special care, preparing your heart for the Word of God, preparing your life, not just to hear it on a Sunday morning, but preparing it on a daily basis. Maybe before you even open up the Word of God to to read it, just breathe a prayer, Lord, open up the Word to me. Let me be changed by the Word. Help me to see the Word of God and to see myself there and to respond in a proper way that will cause me to grow and to be more like Christ. A heart that has been plowed and torn by the Spirit of God. A a heart that says, the Spirit of God has free reign in my life to change me by the Word of God. Here, the weeds and the thorns, they've been cut up at the roots. And they've been thrown out. They've been thrown away so that they can do no damage in that heart that is ready to receive from the Word of God. It is the heart that is truly anxious for spiritual things. When was the last time you were anxious for God to do something and to speak something new into your heart? When was the last time? Sometimes I think we get into the spiritual zone of coasting and laziness and we're no longer anxious for the Word. But I want to tell you, being anxious for the Word of God is a good sign that you've got a prepared heart to hear and to receive from the Word of God. It's not only that prepared heart, but it is an understanding heart. Look at verse 23. The Bible says, But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the Word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop. You hear it and you understand it. The Word of God comes and it is fruitful because it has full liberty in your heart. You are able to grab onto it and to understand it, to comprehend it. It has to have soil that is ready in its nature to receive and then to work at putting that into motion and that into practice. Without meditating on the Word of God, we can sort of you know, be, be bound in our own little world. But the more we meditate on the Word of God, there is an understanding that germinates in our hearts. Listen to what Psalm 1 and verse 2 says. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and meditates on His law day and night. The psalmist understood. Let me dwell on the Word. Let me get the Word into my heart and let me think about it. Let me dwell on it. Let me chew on it. Let me meditate on it. And it is the Word of God that I can understand. Say, but pastor, aren't there things that we don't understand? Yes, there are. But I want you to dwell 
and meditate on those things that you understand. Don't pass them off as, well, lesson learned, all done. No, no. But instead, dwell on it. Meditate on it. Think about it. Lord, am I putting into practice what I've heard? Lord, I know that I need to be a witness for you, but do I cower in a corner? Lord, I know that I need to be what you want me to be around unbelievers, or do I just kind of fade into the background and look like one of them? Oh, it's easy to do that, especially in the present day that we're living in. But can I tell you, brothers and sisters, more and more, I believe that what people are going to need to see and want to see are those who are authentic, not those who are condemning, not those who are pointing the fingers, but those who authentically love Jesus, who go after him with all their heart. And the only way that we can do that is to allow the word of God to get into our hearts, to understand it, and then begin to put it into practice. The understanding of the word of God is the germinating of the seed. And what happens next? Well, it is obvious what will happen next. There will be a fruitful heart. A fruitful heart. The Bible says that it gives a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. There are degrees of fruitfulness. We should never stand next to somebody and say, well, they're more fruitful than I am. We, we are as a church, in the church as a whole, infected by that disease. I, one of the things I detest in ministry is the idea that somehow pastors, when they get together, the typical comments go this way. How many of you running on a Sunday morning? Let's hold up our fruit together. Oh, way down. Oh, that's, oh, something's not right. Well, maybe something isn't right, but maybe something is fine. It's just some are bearing more fruit, others bear this level of fruit, and others bear this level of fruit. You can't stand next. You know, God did not make us to be fruit inspectors. He just caused us and wants us to be those who would bear fruit, those who would produce fruit. Listen, brothers and sisters, as a body, we must reproduce. As a church, we have to reproduce. We have to give birth to others who will come into the kingdom. We have to continually pray, God, help us to bear fruit. May my heart be a fruitful place. I'm not just talking about numbers. I'm talking about let it be a place that is so fruitful that I can then begin to invest in somebody else's life spiritually, that I can help somebody when they come to me and that I am able to minister to them. Listen, ministry is not just for the pastor, folks. It's for all of us. It's for everybody. And whatever it is, if you've got a fruitful heart, trust me, somebody's going to be able to pluck from your tree and they're going to be able to eat something that's good that's going to help them and nourish them. God didn't just call me to do that. He called all of us to do that. He called all of us to be men and women who would be fruitful in our hearts, in our spirits. And the only way is to be fruitful by being ready and re ready to receive the Word of God. The character of the fruit betrays the nature of the soil. If nothing grows, then it could be said that there's something wrong 
with the soil. Think about that for a minute and be careful. If nothing is being produced, it could be a characteristic of the soil not being ready or willing to reproduce. There could be something wrong with the soil. God help me and God help us so that our hearts are in the place that we need to be with God so that we will produce what God wants us to produce. I have no, I, I don't want anybody to sit around and say, well, you know, then I'm the problem. No, no, no. This isn't so that anybody can sit there and say, well, I've been bad soil, so that's it. Let me just leave. Let me just go elsewhere. Let me just go and run off into the world because clearly I'm, I'm a problem. No, no, no. This isn't what this is about. This is saying that we need to break up the fallow ground. That maybe if in my heart I haven't been willing and ready to receive from the Word of God as I should to produce what God wants me to produce, then Lord, let me just say, okay, God, you can turn this thing around. You can change it. It can happen for me. Lord, let the seed come into my heart. Open up my heart. If my heart's been hard, then Lord, soften my heart. Then open up my heart so that I can produce what God wants me to produce. And I can be what God desires me to be as a believer. Brothers and sisters, can I just encourage you today that the Word of God can come in and it can germinate in your heart and it can grow and something can be produced in your heart. Begin to fertilize it with the Word. Fertilize it with the Word and then let the Word grow. You say, well, is the Word doing both things? Absolutely. Let the Word of God take root in your heart and in your life. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that God desires for each and every one of us to go and to bear fruit. The Bible says this. Jesus says, how are we going to do this? Well, the way that we're going to do it is remaining in Him. Don't look to the world, but remain in Him. Listen to what the Bible says in John. This, I'm going to close with it. John chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Oh, God, help us. Help us to be witnesses. Help us to be agents of His mercy, agents of His grace in the world that we're living in to be men and women, to be young people who will give of themselves to say, Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to use me for your glory. You know what? You're not too young. You're not too old to be used by God. If you will open up your heart to the Word of God, it could be, you say, Pastor, you know everybody in this building. Everybody's a believer. Well, that may be true. I don't know where some of you are standing in the moment spiritually. I don't know what's going on in some of your hearts. But I know this, that if you will open your heart to the Word of God, and if you will allow the Word to get in deep down on the inside, you will be changed by it. You're not going to be changed by me, but you'll be changed by the Word. The Word of God will do so much more. It's like what Paul told Timothy on one occasion. He said, the Word of God is not chained. It's not bound. The Word of God in your life can do so much more than what 
you know, well, I like little nuggets of truth here and there. Well, those nuggets are good, but you know what? There are no greater nuggets than what you find in the Word, and the Word of God will change you. Don't look for something inspiration, inspirational. Look for something that will change you, that will change you to be more and more like Christ. I wonder if the musicians could just come back right now